Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Isabel Hawthorne. And I'm Katie Winton. Coming up on Agenda today, we're talking about the disposability of diversity as evidenced by L'Oreal's latest blunder and Rihanna's new beauty line following that. It was also Beyonce's birthday this week and it was Equal Pay Day this week on Monday, which is a day that marks the additional days from the end of the previous financial year that women must work to earn the same pay as men. So well done, ladies. You're now working the additional days of the financial year for free. Feels good. (laughs) Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're chatting to AJ Brown from Trans Sydney Pride and their partner Lisa Freshwater about the Yes Rally for Marriage Equality happening tomorrow. The High Court ruled seven to nil. I don't know if you call it nil or zero a few days like ago. Like a football game. Like a football game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, um, I don't know. Uh, a few days ago to dismiss challenges to the federal government's $122 million same-sex marriage postal survey, which clears the way for it to go ahead. Uh, so now it's been given the green light. The Australian Bureau of Statistics will start sending out ballot papers from Tuesday. So you should be receiving your survey form by about the end. 25th of September. The paper will ask, should the law be changed to allow same-sex couples to marry? Yeah, which has been a pretty uh, damaging amount of campaigning around uh, the postal plebiscite. And so there's a big yes rally for marriage equality happening in Sydney tomorrow, meeting at 1pm at Town Hall, um, which is declaring support for LGBTQI Australians and loudly calling, calling for a yes vote by post and by parliament. So several local and national organisations are uniting to co-host the Yes Rally, including Community Action Against Homophobia, New South Wales Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, Rainbow Families, Trans Sydney Pride, Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras and many more organisations. Yeah, there's a lot of organisations that have all galvanised around tomorrow's march. Um, And it made me think of a line from a really brilliant article by Sydney writer Alison Gallagher, who we've had on the show Um, in the past. Um, Her article came out this week um, and it talks about how damaging the plebiscite is and the conversations around it for the trans community in particular and how trans voices are being left out of some of the Yes campaign material. So in her article, um, Gallagher writes, if you truly believe in fighting for queer rights, your activism can't stop at marriage. Not when nearly half of young trans people in the country have attempted suicide and amid shocking rates of bullying and discrimination. Not when gay refugees and asylum seekers detained on Manus Island currently face the impossible decision of returning home to countries where homosexuality is punishable by execution or living in Papua New Guinea where it is a criminal offence. These issues aren't isolated from one another. They're all part of the same struggle. And so the article looks at how some of the Yes campaign privileges and potentially a lot of the Yes campaign privileges one type of queer experience and holds that up as the norm and ostensibly renders other identities and experiences less visible. So Gallagher Gallagher goes on to write that it's vital vital that we ask who gets to be visible when we privilege one type of queer experience as the norm. What kinds of bodies are allowed to exist in those conditions? Why do we force ourselves to believe that one way to make progress is to appeal to people who would only accept us at our least subversive? And I think that's a really um, important note. But she also ends on a really beautiful um, note and she talks about what it looks like when queer communities and organisation organising groups embrace the notion that we achieve real progress together, not divided. 
She, uh, she says it's beautiful and it's powerful and it can act change in a way that is inclusive of all queer identities. That is a future, I think, worth fighting for. I thought it was really... Yeah, yeah such a good article. Really yeah, good article. we'll um, post a link up to that on our agenda show page. Um, but AJ from Trans Sydney Pride and his partner Lisa are going to come to talk to us more about the rally in about 10 minutes. So definitely stick around for that. Yeah, and there's been some big news uh, from makeup brand L'Oreal this week. Um, they recently fired a trans model of colour for being, quote, too outspoken about race. And that was, yeah, in the last oh, week. Yeah, so just last week, Monroe Bergdorf, who is the model, um, became the first transgender woman to feature in a L'Oreal Paris UK campaign for their True Match Foundation. And it seemed to represent a huge step forward for the beauty industry in creating a campaign that begins to truly reflect the diversity of womanhood. Um, Monroe, who's both black and trans, represented a minority experience, usually rendered pretty invisible in an industry which has really not begun to acknowledge the existence of trans people and especially women of colour who are regularly ignored, um, which we've spoken about before on agenda in terms of shades of makeup. There's often like 30 shades of white makeup and it doesn't really reflect um, the diversity of the people who use um, makeup products. So L'Oreal Paris UK used Monroe's image and her voice to market its brand values of diversity and her ad ended with an inclusive variation of the iconic slogan, because we're all worth it. Yeah, and then a few weeks ago, Bergdorf wrote a Facebook post in response to the white supremacist and neo-Nazi rally in Charlottesville, um, in which she wrote that all white people benefit from racism, have learned and internalised racist practices and opinions, and must be engaged in dismantling the unconscious racism, which at present helps to maintain a system of white supremacy, which is true. Which is absolutely <laughs> true. And uh, anyway, I, yeah, so this week, the Daily Mail took parts of her Facebook post and called it a rant, which for one, like perpetuate stereotypes of anger often, often associated with black women. And then they also published the name on Bergdorf's birth certific certificate, sorry, which was a very deliberate move made with a specific intention of undermining and invalidating trans womanhood. Yeah, it, they're really cheap kind of journalistic oh, tricks. It's so and I think, bad. Like, what if it was a kind of cis white guy? That rant would be a totally. manifesto or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It would be a call to arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in response to the story, L'Oreal Paris announced that they will be ending their professional relationship with Monroe Bergdorf with immediate effect, tweeting, this is what L'Oreal tweeted. L'Oreal champions diversity. Comments by M M Munro Bergdorf are at odds with the values, um, with our values, and so we have decided to end our partnership with her. So, in doing this, they've disposed of a model hired specifically to improve diversity, um, re diverse representation, and conceded uncritically to a misleading article by a newspaper notoriously used to promote racism and transphobia. Yeah, I think we need to go back to this fact as well that the Daily Mail is just trash. Ah, and it's <laughs> awful. But I think this is pretty much the epitome of tokenism, right? To hire a black trans model for a diversity campaign and then to fire her when she's publicly outspoken about white supremacy. It just because it doesn't align with their campaign. Mm. And so I just want to read a quote from one of Bergdorf's Facebook posts because I think I don't think that we could sum it up any more eloquently than she did. So she writes, empowerment and inclusivity are not trends. These are people's lives and experiences. If brands are going to use empowerment as a tool to push product to people of colour, then the least they can do is actually work with us to dismantle the source, not throw us under the bus when it comes to the crunch. At times like this, it becomes blindly obvious what is genuine allyship and what is performative. Yeah, and actually since L'Oreal fired um, Bergdorf, another model who is involved in the same campaign quit in solidarity. Clara Ampho posted via Instagram a really um, great kind of mic drop by yeah, like, post yeah. 
Um, she said, not even a week ago, I was proud to announce that I was to be in the same campaign as Munro, a trans woman of colour who L'Oreal hired to sell makeup because of who she is. Who she is is a woman who wrote a nuanced post on institutional racism and white supremacy in relation to Charlottesville and how the foundations and how the foundations of racism and white supremacy, oh no, sorry, those heinous ideals trickle down into every facet of our society. A newspaper took her post out of context and, uh, and span it as a rant with the most basic of dog whistle politics to rally people against her she was she has now been dropped from the campaign because l'oreal felt that she was that she is at odds with our values if she is not worth it anymore i guess i'm not either yeah it's like two steps forward and five backwards at the moment right yeah but it's nice that people are standing it's important that people are standing with her um yeah yeah um, so, but the good news is following the L'Oreal shit show, Rihanna <laughs> <laughs> launched her new makeup range yesterday called Fenty Beauty with a selection of over 40 different makeup shades. And like to reiterate, not 40 different shades of white either, like 40 different shades that are genuinely inclusive of women of color. I did find it slightly disappointing that all of the models in Rihanna's campaign were super stick thin. All right, I'm going to have to put a kibosh on any <laughs> Rihanna trash talk. Sorry. It's a really beautiful campaign and it features Somali-American model Halima Aden. Um, we've talked about um, cosmetic how cosmetic companies use women of colour to promote their foundation lines um, without having the kind of palettes that reflect those different complexions. But they also, pro- there are very few foundation and cosmetic lines uh, that use women using like hijabs, um, and so it's like that. I thought that was like really, really nice. And it was really encouraging to see that Rihanna actually explicitly said um, how important it was to have those different palettes. So she said in every product, I was like, there needs to be something for dark skinned girls. There needs to be something for a really pale girl. There has to be something for people in between. Um, and there was also that she just she gets it and she's super Rihanna funny gets it. Gets yeah it. there was that interview with Levine Cox and David Copperfield that came out in Elle magazine to accompany the Fenty yeah, makeup got, like, brand launch Eminem and Zach Posen and yeah. relative um they actually got David Copperfield to um to interview ask her an interview question and he decided to ask her if I can make you disappear and reappear anywhere in the world where do you want to go and why? Can I be Rihanna? You can be Rihanna. <laughs> so okay. she says, 10 minutes before I lost my virginity <laughs> and I'm holding you to that offer, lol. <laughs> so good. Um, and so Laverne, good. Laverne Cox um, asked her, you've had so many iconic fashion moments and take so many risks. The iconic CFDA Awards Adam Selman dress in 2014. If you don't know what that dress is, go and Google it. Is that it, the diamond it is, dress? It's a diamond dress. It is and you can so like good. Fully see her nipples. It's amazing. Uh, she said, <laughs> um, what gave you the um, the courage to take this risk and and that was so perfect and elegant yet daring? And then she says, dear Laverne, I took advantage of my titties before they go south. I saw my window and I took it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was also Beyonce's birthday this week and her family and best friends dressed up as her in aid of Beyonce's Houston relief efforts. So amongst others, Serena Williams, Kelly Rowland, Jay-Z's mum and Michelle Obama paid tribute to Beyonce by recreating a look from the Formation video. It's that one where she has the huge hat like covering her eyes. She's looking down and her hair's in braids. Yeah, and it's really fun to go through them and try and guess They're so good. who they are. Obviously, really radio lovely. isn't the best visual medium. <laughs> um, so we're going to post that on our Facebook page. Um, and you can also look at the photos and donate to the Houston Relief Campaign. Yeah, go Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, let's play this very silky new track by Sydney musician and visual artist Rainbow Chan. I think Katie we're... already knows every single word <laughs> to this song. So. I've been listening to it on repeat in my office and it's been coming out of my headphones really loudly. Um, so this is Let Me by Rainbow Chan. Stick around. We're going to be talking about the Yes Rally for Marriage Equality up next. 
uh, with Trans Sydney Pride.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're joined now by AJ Brown and Lisa Freshwater to talk about the Yes Rally for Marriage Equality happening in Sydney tomorrow and Trans Sydney Pride's involvement in that campaign and rally. Thanks so much for joining us, AJ Hi, and Lisa. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Oh, no problems. Um, AJ, you're one of the organisers of Trans Sydney Pride. Yes, I'm correct? one of the admins. Yeah. Um, and uh, Trans Sydney Pride was set up um, approximately two years ago. Actually, it just celebrated its two-year birthday. Happy birthday. So did we. Two-year birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> Happy birthday. Terrible twos for everyone. <laughs> um, and um, Peter Friend and uh, a number of others started the the, um, the uh, Facebook group up um, so that people had a, a, a social uh, place to be able to gather on on. Um, online and and then um, what we do is is we organize different events so that we can come together and support each other um, last week we went to go and see Janet mock who at the opera house who's uh, an activist from America and so that was really great cool well can you talk a little bit about what the yes or no vote would mean for your family specifically and I guess that's for both of you what that would mean yeah well um AJ and I have been together for 13 years. Obviously, we were in a same-sex relationship um, uh, for, I guess, 11 of those 13 years. And so, and we have a son. And um, I guess throughout that time, I mean, we've talked about getting married multiple times, haven't we? And the irony is, is that now that AJ has changed genders... Um, has, and has transitioned from female to male and has changed his gender marker and his name, we are legally allowed to be married. Um, and I think, you know, we, we just find the irony in that is just, it's just ridiculous because then the, I guess the difference is, is that we have, you know, friends who also have families who have transitioned to become same-sex couples and they now have to annul their marriages. And um, I think, you know, to, to say that you're worthy, at, you know, at one point where where you become brave enough to become your most authentic self and live in the world that way and you have to choose between that self and your marriage in order to be in the world, I just think, I, I think that's really, really heartbreaking. So I guess um, marriage equality means to us that we have, um, we're able to... I guess be in a world that has the same um, the same equality, but also the same really wonderful things that marriage can provide for people. You know, marriage can be an incredibly supportive and loving environment um, that uh, people people I guess in, in married relationships are seen it seem to kind of live longer. They seem to earn more money. They seem to be recognised in the world. They seem to feel like they fit, you know. And I think denying that and not being able to have that choice in a family environment, I think that's really detrimental and in, in, ensures that people always have to sit on the outside of society. Yes, yeah, the recognition, I think, is the main thing, isn't it? Mm. The, mm. Um and not having to to justify that you're in anyhow any different, and I, and I know for for um, our son Hewitt, it's that he is able to not feel that that he is in any way any different because I know that sometimes he's made choices not to tell people of his family makeup, but if 
it was we were all equal. It doesn't make any difference. He doesn't have that as a child. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have to hide that. And it's an interesting situation because um, obviously he went to school and he, you know, he kind of was. Um, he grew up with same-sex parents, so you know, it's something that he he's has always been part of his life. He has recently changed schools, and because AJ has transitioned, we he kind of told us that he has decided not to tell people that um, you know he had had same-sex parents and that his one of his parents is transgender because AJ you know the term passing you know AJ passes most of the time and it just makes life easier for him but it breaks my heart Mm. that we also you know that's sometimes that's nice that it's easy for us but then we've kind of lost our visibility in that kind of in the queer community and we feel that it's really important. I mean, one of the things that I really love about AJ is that AJ is a really proud trans man so that I don't have to kind of, you know, be, you know, sit in that in kind of... Heterosexual norm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that we're, we're able to talk about it. We don't have to hide. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, of course we said to him he needs to do whatever's comfortable for him and as he gets to know people, that kind of thing will come out. Yeah. But with marriage equality, I really feel like as... At, when marriage equality comes in, because it will come in, yeah, as yes. we know, at some point, whether it happens with this ridiculous postal vote or not, um, it will come in. At some point, I'd love him to just feel like I don't even have to question. Yeah, that was mm. one of the questions that we had about trans visibility within the Yes campaign. And I think um, there's been really specific and targeted questions around gender and a lot of reiterating of transphobia in the no campaign. Mm. Do you feel like on the side of yes, there's been enough protection and kind of bolstering of trans the trans community? Or I think that yeah, there was that really awful um, part of the no campaign that like showed uh, parents talking about a young boy possibly wearing a dress and it was this very transphobic rhetoric, mm. right? And I feel, um, I mean, I guess, do you feel like the yes campaign has kind of worked quite strongly to protect I think the trans I community. think obviously it there's a very very big umbrella that mm-hmm. you know that we all sit under and I think it's easy to um, to approach the yes campaign by normalizing everybody by normalizing us mm-hmm. by saying that look we're just like you you know but the fact is is that um, I think there are a lot of people in the yes campaign who want to want to ensure that all that diversity gets recognised. Mm. You know, we're not wanting marriage equality so that we can be just like you. We want marriage equality to sit in the world mm. as we are. And I think there is a danger of doing that. I wonder, I, I mean, I would have loved to have that principle of actually come out and said, even if we did, you know, we didn't say that, um, you know, that boys can wear dresses next year. We didn't, that's not what happened. Um, However, even if we did, what's the problem with that? I mean, really, I mean, it's, how is is that, it's all this kind of smoke and mirrors stuff. And yes, I totally agree that there's a lot of kind of transgender rhetoric um, around that no campaign, which can be really dangerous and really dangerous for the transgender community. 
sorry. Yeah, and I, I, I do feel that I, I've been to several meetings over the past um, sort of um, two weeks, and I feel that with my brothers and sisters that that sit within the um, LGBTQI community, that we're we're solid in moving forward and that they understand our issues and that yes we're fighting for the 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 um the same um principle of equality and that they're there for us equally um and i think lisa had said to me earlier about um queer love and how queer love is um oh i actually read something this morning which i really really loved which you know because i don't know about you but i I think really in the last two days after the the high court ruling i think you know it's you really kind of feel like kind of almost shattered Mm -hmm. um that this is actually going ahead that this is really a reality and and i think you know Possibly a lot of people out there are only just starting to get their courage and their strength back after that. After that, and so I read something this morning. It said, you know, queer love is older than it. it, it it's as you know, older than any of us can know. It's older than organised religion. It's, um, you know, it, queer love is old. Is is older than. Um, Older, certainly older than the postal system. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's really and, nice. and I thought, yeah, and I really love that, you know, mm. that um, we have been around forever. It's not, we, it's not just about recognising, uh, you know, suddenly here we are. And really, as we know, the actually getting um, marriage equality across the line is really just a tiny, tiny step. You know, there's it's not changing things that drastically. And I think that's one of the um, issues that the No campaign, they seem to be trying to make it that there's something, you know, the world is going to suddenly kind of fall apart mm. if this happens. Yeah, I think like hopefully tomorrow we'll reflect that and the kind of the yeah. It's so yeah. nice to see so many different organisations coming together to co-run the rally as mm. well. There's mm. something like eight or nine organisations, yes. right? And I th- yeah. and I think the other thing as well is 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 Australia is in in the last. 10, 15 years hasn't been progressive Mm. and I think this is without denying it yes things will follow on from this mm. but it's only in 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 a, a better way for for us to evolve um rather than being repressed and and it is a time too to reflect on who you are yes it's forcing you to do that which is not a bad thing you know reflect who you want to be in the world how you want to represent who your family is you know, it's it's quite easy just to kind of get on with your life and think, you know, this is here we've got most things. So it's it's not a bad thing for this community to kind of stand up and say, okay, we've got to actually get, um, we, we've got to we've got to really think about who we are and what we want to say in the world. AJ and Lisa, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. If people want to join the rally, which everyone should, where do they go tomorrow? Uh, so they go to Town Hall, 1pm, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think they're marching down to um, Circular Quay. Peter Friend who will be speaking on behalf of Trans Sydney Pride down at Circular Quay with a number of other people. The other thing, um, as just one last mention, that with your yes vote, that it is so important that you post it within the first 24 to 48 hours. We don't want another Brexit. Mm -hmm. Find out where your mailbox is and get it in. Thanks so much, AJ and Lisa. 
Uh, we're going to play you a new track to end on by Lick Lie 47. It's called Milk. It's from the new album called Wash and Set. It's really good. Stick around for Back Chat up next. M-I-L-K 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 Holographic Fantastic You see this beat? Uh, she's drastic uh. I blur, blur, blur No pause on her F-I-E-R-C-E Kitty, kitty, purr, purr, purr Glitter stick, glitter stick, glitter stick Concealed eyes with a cherry bomb lip Skin tint, skin tint, skin tint Keep my makeup all the side up in the basement Uh, this lip and cheek Got your boyfriend weak These streets shook When they see me live my look uh. M-I-L-K 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 Read about it in Vogue Saw billboards on broom 1.28, 9pm Stage, tore down the show Watch this tomboy transform My friends break gender norms We both wear pink platforms And we go nowhere without that uh, They fall in love with the fierce Even when I put them in the place Lip, sheer hot pink Everybody wanna get a taste uh, Of this lip and cheek It still got your boyfriend weak And these streets shook when they see me live my look on M I L K M I L K M I L K M I L K M I L K M I L K M I L K M I L K Individuality 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 Individuality, 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 individuality. 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 individuality